as Mary comes to read our scripture for the morning. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who was born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for this child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the, over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so, you, oh, you can be seated, sorry. <laughs> so as you heard in the children's moment, um, I talked about how when you're telling a story, you might tell it differently depending on who you're talking to. So as I'm speaking to children, I use smaller words and I speak slower and I maybe even have more enthusiasm in my voice and I try to be entertaining. Um, and as I speak to you guys, I, I change my tone and I focus a little bit more on the details of what I'm saying rather than how I'm saying it um, because you guys can surely focus longer than children. Uh, most of you. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I'm joking. Um, but... Maybe you've been in a situation where you are telling a story, and you've told this story before, and you know it gets a big laugh at the very end every time. Um, and then you get to the best part, and you say the punchline of the joke, or you tell the funny occurrence in your story, and the people you're telling, they might laugh like out of sympathy, but it's not, it's not the same as when you told it the first time. Um, uh, maybe I'm alone in this, but it's happened to me. I, I love retelling a good story, um, and it doesn't always get the same response depending who I'm talking to. Um, so the difference in these two is in these two instances where you tell the story and it gets a big laugh and you tell the story and people maybe laugh out of sympathy and you feel awkward about it, is that your, your audience knows you and you know your audience to a certain level. So when you're telling a story to people you know really well, um, I could almost tell you before I try telling a joke to some of my friends whether they will think it's funny or not because I know my audience. Um, and I think... As, as I said to, in the children's moment earlier, when, when we're talking about the Gospels, I think it's important to know who is writing the story as well as who they're writing it to. And so all the Gospels were written in different circumstances, but they're all telling the same story. And so you'll notice as you read through the Bible that these same stories come across 
a little differently as you read them from different perspectives or as they're being told with different purposes. And so we know from studying Matthew's gospel who he was writing to. Uh, Matthew, at the very beginning of his gospel, he includes this lengthy genealogy of Jesus the Christ. And um, it's tying him back to his Jewish roots. So it goes up through David and connects him back to Abraham. Um, We know that Matthew references um, the fulfillment of prophecy in the Old Testament more than any other gospel writer. Um, And there's other various things throughout the gospel, but those are kind of the two big ones that tell us that Matthew is telling this story to Jews. He's telling this story to his friends and to his families. Um, Whereas other authors of the gospel sometimes will say they're telling this story so that people will be saved. Um, Matthew is writing this story to people who knew the history. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the prophecy. They knew the genealogies. Um, and, and he knows who he's writing to. So when we get to this seemingly odd section, given that he's writing to a bunch of Jews about the fulfillment of prophecy, um, in the beginning of chapter 2, he talks about these magi, or these wise men, as we call them, or kings, as we just sang in our song. Um, we don't really know who they were exactly, but we know one thing for sure. They, they didn't belong in this story because they're not Jews. All of, all of the stories about God's relationship with Israel, all the story leading up to this point that they had in their mind as they were reading this, is about God's relationship with Israel and his promises to the people of Israel and to Abraham and his descendants and to David um, and the promise of a Messiah that would come to redeem Israel so that they could reach the world. So when these wise men come into this story very early on, um, and we're reading about this magnificent birth of this Christ child, we get these characters that don't really belong. And, and really, for the first 13 verses of the chapter, or 12 verses of the chapter that we're reading, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph aren't really mentioned at all. Um, or, or really, the angels are kind of there, but just as an assistant to the magi, or the wise men. So... We could ask ourselves, knowing that Matthew is a Jew through and through, and he's talking about this fulfillment of prophecy, and he's writing to Jews, we know that almost for sure, why, where do these guys fit into the story? Why, why are they here? So I kind of feel bad because I wrote a part of my message talking about the song we just sang, um, and it, it's, it's a good song, um, but a lot of the details about the wise men that we sing in this story just aren't from the Bible. Um, and they could be true. Who knows? Matthew didn't include that much detail about who these guys were. So they very well could have been kings, and they very well could have been three of them. Uh, but we just simply don't know that from the text. Um, so we know they were from the east, and that's the part that Matthew does mention, because it was important that they were not Jews. It was important that they didn't belong in this story. Um, it was called to draw our attention to them. Later on throughout the song, we read about the gifts that these guys brought, <clears throat> which is found in in the text, in the Bible, that they brought gold and frankincense and myrrh. And as people have studied these wise men, a lot of people don't know what to do with them, especially scholars, because Matthew is maybe not trying to tell this story with tons of like factual detail, but he's trying to point towards like a greater purpose in this story. And so people, especially scholars, have tried to dissect who these people were and what they brought. Where did they come from? What was their occupation? How many were there? What were their names? And all these things that Matthew doesn't supply us with. Uh, And really, we don't have anywhere else in the biblical text. And so we get things like 
And these are all grand ideas, and the imagination can run wild. And I was reading a commenter actually earlier in the week, and they were talking about how artists generally have a, do a better job of understanding the story than scholars or scientists or people who are trying to find like the historical facts. So our imaginations can run wild because we know certain things about the gifts that these guys brought. So they brought gold, and we know historically that gold kind of symbolizes like the monarch, monarchy, like the king, the kingdom. And Solomon decorated tons of things in gold. And all 